So welcome to Geeks with Kids, the geeky podcast from parenting point of view. I'm your host, Eric, and on this very special episode, I'm joined by my very lovely wife, Megan. How's it going, Meg? Uh, pretty good. It's all I right. I can't complain. Yeah. Well, I can't see you because I'm off to the right of you because our podcasting setup is a little weird, but that's okay. Uh, the last time you were on, I think, was the Ubisoft Just Dance 2021 yeah, that, episode. that would be it. And that was probably our highest rated episode. Oh, dear. Funny. Well, that's not bad. Like, no. That, that means a lot of people listened to us and liked our opinions about a video game that we don't play anymore. I mean... Our kids would want to play it. They still do if we ever do it. But we do have 2.5 children. Um, and uh, yeah. I so think it's more than 2.5. We're at like 2.9 maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so this week we're going to talk about the recently released In the Heights film, which is the you know film adaptation of the Tony Award winning musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame. But first, like we do on every episode, we start with what we're liking this week, what we're watching, what we're playing, you know, what's good. Do you really want to ask me that question? Yeah, I'm asking you what's good. <laughs> what are you watching right now, Meg? Um, Whatever can occupy the last little bit of brain energy I have at the end of the day. Which is? What are you watching? Right now, uh, Bakers versus Fakers, which, which is on food TV. Okay. Um, and they have two professional bakers and two amateur bakers and they compete and they, it is unknown to the judges whether they, whether or not they are a baker or a faker. Hmm. That's interesting. It's on, what is it on? I watch it on stack TV. Oh, so it's on, it's actually on TV right now. Yeah. So it's food, food TV or food network or whatever it's called. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched that with you. You usually watch it on at night when I'm not upstairs. <laughs> oh dang it. I just hit my <laughs> computer. Um I've on the other hand, well, I'll probably watch it. You usually watch that with the kids. Um, those types of shows with the kids eventually. So I guess there's no children's baking thing right now. Is that all done? Uh it was no, it wasn't a baking one. It was a children's junior chef showdown. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's all it was, done. It was no? Canadian and it's all done. Yeah. Yeah. We can check CBC. I'm watching Manifest, which is a TV show that showed up on Netflix. Um, it's about an airplane that disappears for five years and then just shows up. But for the people on the plane, there's no time that has passed. It's just them landing. Um, so there's a big, you know, I like Lost, obviously. <laughs> so I don't know why I like plane mystery shows because I don't like flying generally. That's all right. But you liked Lost. I like Lost. That's why I'm saying like I like plain <laughs> mysteries. Manifest is good. Like it, it's it's all right. I heard it got canceled recently, so that's sort of sad. So, so I'm watching a show that might not have an ending. I've also seen clips. There's apparently a birth that happens in this. In this season, in the first season, somewhere. Is it, it on the Netflix like preview? I don't know. I only heard about it on Facebook. Well, don't tell me because if well, it's... the only thing I know is that it's not done well. Oh, that's fine. This is a TV <laughs> show. They, I was watching. What was I watching the other day? It's a Blossom. No, it was something with a guitar, and the person. Oh, I know what it was. It was Girls Five Ever, oh, which okay, is also yeah. amazing. Also, yes, we watched that one somewhat together. You, yeah, we watched some of it, but in the one of the episodes, um, Renee Elise Goldberry is playing guitar. With Sarah Borelli's, but she's not actually playing guitar. And I'm just sitting there like, no, no, you're a musician. You should know this. <laughs> you should oh, know no. to move your hands. And she's not. She's just holding the neck and oh, no. pretending to strum. And oh, Sarah Borelli's no. is actually playing the piano at the same time. So I'm just sitting there oh, like, no. this does not look right. It's not a good match. That show's really good. You should watch. There's only eight episodes and it's all on Stack TV. I think it's on W up there. I don't know. I enjoy it. It's also on our server. But, um, yeah, I guess that's good. That's what our yums are this week. Uh, we usually call it our yum. yums. Yeah, don't <laughs> yuck our yums, Meg. Um, so normally we talk about a number of news items. Um, there hasn't really been anything. They had that Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi trailer. We can talk that about that. That was cool. It was cool. I don't remember all of it, but it was really cool. It's a, it's a lot more uh, fleshed out the, the story. And I don't, now that I've seen that trailer, I don't really want to watch anything else. Just wait until it comes out in September. 
That's fair. But we have Black Widow next week too, so that's gonna be interesting. They've released a bunch of yeah, they have a bunch of trailers for that out right now, and I'm just like, nope, it's too close. I'm just gonna wait. And I know uh, Cat wants to watch that because she liked that character on um in the the Avengers Avengers. movies. Yeah, yeah. So we'll watch that for movie night next week, I guess. Next Friday, yeah, we can watch it for movie night. Uh, maybe I should watch it first. See, how yeah, maybe it you is. should watch it. First. What's an Avengers <laughs> film? It's probably not going to be too too violent. It's probably yeah. going to be fine. She watched the whole, like half of the society, disappear with the snaps, and she was fine with it. Well, she knew it was fake, sort I think. of, kind of. <laughs> I don't know, kind of. But anyway. She's hilarious to watch in the Avengers movies, though. Yeah, yeah. You're like, where's Wonder Woman? It's not in this movie. Not in this universe. <laughs> but that's okay. Because her current obsession is... In the Heights. Is In the Heights, which was released on June 10th, 2021, just a couple weeks ago. And like I said earlier, this is the film adaptation of the 2008 Broadway musical, the Tony Award-winning musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who created Hamilton. Um, He also wrote wrote a number of other things he's worked on uh bring it on he was he did the spanish translation of west side story a number of years ago um he's done moana moana he's doing the new little mermaid music um he's done a bunch oh he was in mary poppins oh yeah yeah forgot about that one yeah anyway uh so this film was directed by crazy rich asians director john m chu and stars anthony ramos melissa barrera Leslie Grace, Corey Hawkins, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Steph- Stephanie Beatrice, Olga Meredith, Jimmy Smits, and like more and more and more people. I didn't even write them all down because there were so many people. It was such a good like core ensemble. I should have wrote the name of the of um of all of the cast members, but you know, I did not. Um, so this film follows a very similar plot to the musical, telling the story of a corner in the predominantly Dominican Washington Heights neighborhood of Upper Manhattan in New York City, where every member of the community pursues their dreams of a better life, or their suenito, or little dream. Um, do you remember how you were first introduced to the musical? Um, mostly of your excitement for the movie coming. To be fair, I was listening to this musical a lot longer before. It's true. That is very true. Um, but I think I only knew In the Heights in 96,000 and didn't really know the story or anything else about it other than it took place in Washington Heights. Yeah, people trying to pay rent. <laughs> that's, a, that's an inside joke about Megan not knowing what rent's about. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I knew that you proposed it for one of the musicals. When we were still doing MMT type yeah, stuff? Yeah, when we were doing that. That was like in 2008-ish, 9-ish. Uh, Lynn had uh, released the rights to school groups for free. And we were still yeah. sort of hanging around our school groups. So it was one of the ones I had proposed to them. Oh, okay. Or it might have been earlier I mean, than that. I can't remember. 2008, I still would have been in school, but not with MMT. Not. not. Nope. But uh, yeah. So there, there are a number of changes from the musical to the film. Nothing super super big we'll we'll probably talk about them as we go along the film i don't really want to do a scene by scene like analysis of this show because that would take that would forever take too long it would take i would take hours i hours. would have had to do much more prep work than i've done <laughs> <laughs> i know but really there 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 are a couple of main storylines we have usnavi um and his and his store and him trying to find his place in the world him trying to build that Swinito, his little dream and really what he wants to do is he wants to fly to the dominican republic where he where his father um is originally from and where he's originally from and he wants to rebuild a bar that was on the beach there um it's also right yeah destroyed because you know hurricanes um and then there's there's also him and his relationship with vanessa who's sort of been that uh muse not muse his uh his uh crush i'm just gonna say crush the person he's been chasing yeah he's not really chasing he's He's sort of chasing her he likes her and then all of his friends are like you should shy around her and yeah Yeah, for sure and then we have um we have nina coming back from uh university to this neighborhood and it's sort of about her and her relationship with her dad and her 
relationship with Benny, which in the musical, they didn't have a relationship prior to the show. So they added that backstory into the movie. And I think it actually oh, really works. I didn't know that. Well. Yeah. Um, in, in the musical, um, she dropped out of college because she was helping pay for college. So she would take too many jobs. And then Ooh. she sort of fell behind on her grades and she flunked Ooh. out. Um, but in the movie, they made it more about um, her being concerned for her father and her being concerned about not um, having a community there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into that when we talk okay. about her. We can talk about those themes. Um, and then, really, there are a couple other um, mini storylines, but they all sort of center around this uh, changing neighborhood. We talked about it happening at uh, Washington Heights and the gentrification of that neighborhood like people were buying up new stores um they talk about the <laughs> they talk about the 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 dry cleaning place that took up half of Rosie of Rosario's uh, taxi service yeah and how they charge nine dollars a shirt which is ridiculous yeah and um, or or napkin or a napkin right um but I think the the real the, the real um showcase for that that struggle between small businesses and what's coming in was really the Paragua guy versus Mr. Softy, <laughs> which is a great, great little, um, it's a mini storyline in this whole musical. It is. And it's played by the amazing Lin-Manuel Miranda, who played, you know, the original mm-hmm. Usnavi. And then we have, oh my God, why didn't I write this down? Jack- Christopher Jackson as Mr. Softy, I think. Yeah, is just, I think that's, that's his just, name. That's just what they yeah. call him. And they were originally going to cut this uh, storyline, like the Mr. Paragua guy, but it sort of feels like something very core to this, to this story, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it talks a lot about the neighborhood and Mr. Paragua's going around and trying to sell all of his uh, snow cones with syrup. Yeah. Um, Which is more traditional, right? The, yeah, much the, more traditional. It's, it's the the idea of tradition versus this new modern, or at least this new um, new versus westernish. I don't want to say yeah. western; that doesn't sound right. But this newer modern type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, then we also have like we get Daniela and Carla, who are being bought out, and they're getting sort of pushed out of Washington Heights to go somewhere cheaper, yeah. which is sort of breaking up this uh, cultural neighborhood. Um. I think, um, do you want to go into any of those in more depth right now? We can probably talk about, like, like the, there, there's so many different things. I don't, let's, we can talk about representation of people of color and family and community. Cause that's really what this whole film is about. It's about love and representation and family and community. Like I said yeah. earlier. Yeah. And, um, Lin-Manuel couldn't find a role for himself. So he wrote one. Yeah, yeah. For the musical. Let, yeah, let's for the rephrase. Musical. For the musical, yeah. yes. <laughs> this, this whole musical was brought up because he had studied music at uh, Wesley, Wesleyan. I, I don't know how to pronounce that university in uh, the States. And when he was doing all of his um, studying, he was like, there's no one like me on, on stage. Or at least there's no real roles for me. You can do West Side Story. Yeah. And that's about it. And... Like I, I understand being someone of Asian heritage and being told, you know, we have, we have, um, Miss Saigon, and that's it. <laughs> I think. Oh wait, no, no, that's it. It's the only Asian musical I can think of. Yeah, but he he did something himself. He wanted to see more people. He he wanted to hear his music. Yeah. Uh, like the, the the music of his background, what he grew up with on stage, because everything sort of. We listen to musicals and we listen to a lot of musicals. They're all sort of Western pop, not pop. I want to say Western influenced music. Yeah. And it's very standard. If you, if you listen to it, it's gone more into the pop pop. Yeah. Just pop. I was going to say pop rock, but it's literally just pop now. Pop music. Ish. Yeah. Like ever since wicked, yeah. it's sort of gone more that way. Right. Yes. Steven Schwartz has gone that, uh, especially with Prince. Well, when we get Prince of Egypt, Back in the '90s, where he really got to shine, and then he he moved more prevalent into, like, 
into you don't know these movies. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> Prince of Egypt was an animated film. Um, I know the, the film. I didn't it was, know it was... it's a musical too. Okay, the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the music was more. You know, it was inf- it was a lot. Uh, musicals around then were influenced by pop stars. You got Elton John. You got Phil Collins doing Tarzan. Like right. Yeah. So we sort of got it. Sort of switched to that type of music and musicals. Like right. most of the times, you'd feel at least eighties. Eighties, we'd have Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? <laughs> so you get like two like very technically amazing, well, uh, Sondheim technically amazing shows, and then difficult, difficult, and then you get Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is moving towards the more modern aesthetic of music, mm-hmm. and then that kept on you know sort of evolving into uh, what the nineties brought, which was the more poppy Elton John. Steven Schwartz, and then we, I guess it's more of a, it is heading towards the more um, accessible, which was nice for people. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that's what, that's how musical theater came up. I did a long talk with say, one of my... You are very well educated in all of the history of musical theater. I, I, <laughs> one of our <laughs> friends uh, asked me to talk about the history oh, yes. of musical theater, and I didn't talk about this part. But I talked about how it originally came from opera and how they wanted, like, it started molding into something more accessible for the major crowds because mm-hmm. opera was more for the upper class, right? Um, but, you know, they wanted to get money, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, they wanted to uh, expand to the lower classes so it was more accessible for everyone. And then they started adding more dance numbers and more jokes and stuff. And that's where musical theater came from. Um, where was I going with this? I don't even remember. Oh, representation. Uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda wanted to to really write something, um, and I think each of these storylines, uh, fits into, you know, part of his personality. Um, let's talk about probably one of the biggest changes in the movie, and that was they made Sonny younger. He was a te- he's a teenager in this. In the movie, in the musical, he's like 20-something. He's around the same age as Usnavi. And uh, they made him a dreamer, which was a big talking point during the Trump presidency. What did you think about them adding this whole thing? Well, first off, I didn't know it was an addition. It was. But but I thought it fit really well. Mm -hmm. And it fit into Nina's storyline really well. Yeah. um, it's, It's crazy because... In the movie, in the musical, she sort of decides to go back. And I don't really remember why she does. Her and Benny talk about it. They sing about it. That's being her home. And then she sort of goes off. And in this one, having Sonny sort of grounded, and especially since she was his babysitter, um, <laughs> you know, there, there was someone, like, you can protest all you like, but um, for something you, you care about, but yeah. if it feels a little different when it affects you personally, right? And that really drove her back into school because I don't know if she would have gone back to school if um if uh, Sonny wasn't you know upset about this whole thing, like realizing yeah. that he couldn't go to yeah the college that he couldn't go to college that he'd always known he couldn't get a driver's license or things like that Mm -hmm. but to realize that he couldn't go to college and do what he perhaps wanted to do with his life Mm -hmm. um it it, and it's great seeing usnavi sort of take the father role in this because he was sort of just friends with him in the musical from what i can remember they they were like buzzy buddy cousins and this one he took more ownership in his relationship like he would show him how to do things like he was Mm -hmm. fixing the the fridge with him right yeah and he was he'd offer to pay for his schooling and his flights back and forth from the Dominican Republic. Um, And they added that um, father role for Sonny by Mark Antony. Yes. Who was not in the musical at all. And seeing him in this movie was quite a shock. And he was, he was really good, like as in a dark character and seeing Usnavi just sort of try and reason with him because of that place of love like a lot of this movie is just based around the center the center of love and um seeing him want to to 
to make Sunny's life be- better was mm-hmm. was such a wonderful like, like this, there's a reason why I think we can show our kids these films like there's nothing really risque about no, it no there's nothing and, and there are a lot of themes that I, I would love them to to see we'll talk about yep. children's stuff later um obviously um I'm trying to think of what else with the uh, Usnavi. I had so many things going through my head um just right now and I didn't write any of it down because I can't um Sunny Junior status um um going off more of Usnavi's uh, relationship um he was a baby in the movie in the musical that came over and having him older was also a, a change and I think it sort of grounded it a little more with his desire to go back to the Dominican Republic it sort of wasn't just this um this weird or it wasn't flight. just like his mem not necessarily his memories but what he'd been passed down from his parents right yeah. like he had real life practical mm-hmm. life time mm-hmm. um as well we were talking about how he takes on not ownership but he he cares for all the people around her and he he talks about how he's gonna bring abuela his abuela down to dominican republic as well and this is sort of uh it, it's the same as the musical pretty much but there are a number of changes with the um abuela's story in the musical we actually find out that she won the the ticket way over they re- they had re- rearranged hmm. a lot of the songs so paciencia fe um, was a lot earlier in this in the story, and at the end of that song, this beautiful song, um, mm. we find out that she won. Interesting. And then she tells, you know, Ben. She tells uh, Usnavi that he's gonna give some of the money to him as well. Um, it, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of I like the fact that they changed that to the ending, made it so much better. And then Usnavi decides to give pretty much all of it, uh, to, to Sunny. Sunny. For that fight for dreamer for his green, green card, card status, yeah. Ah, emotions, so many emotions. Um, and yeah, that's so good. The amount of work that has to go into, yeah, getting a dream card or not a dream card, a green card. Mm. I know we were sort of jumping all all over the place, but I it's like when I touch on something, it's sort of hard not to go back on it. Like we just talked about paciencia fe. And I think that might be my favorite sequence in the whole movie, or at least one of them. Um, I, I, I didn't want to do favorite sequences now, but let's talk oh, about dear. this one. What did you think about it? The, sort of this whole, like, John M. Chu, man, this sequence was so good. It was, it was filmed yeah. to look like her journey through, from her, for young, her whole life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Her life. From, from being a young girl in Cuba to going to New York, but it's all done through a subway car. So it's like the transportation mode of New York mixed with her journey. And it's it shows how mixed those two lives are. Like, what'd you think? Like, Oh man, chills. It was, I really, really liked it. It was fun reading the stories also behind the actual song. And that Tell me. they filmed it in an actual subway station. Makes sense. And um, I think they had to film it in a day in the, oh God. yeah, they had to film it in a day. And this one day that they had to, some emergency, um, subway line had to be used. I can't remember which one it was. Mm-hmm. So they set everything all up. Then they got the warning that this train was going to come through. They had to take it all down and then set it all back up again. Oh God, that sucks. They filmed the same day or did they have to They wait? filmed it all the same day. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and that when they were rehearsing this, she sang for the cast or for all of the dancers, um, mm. just to give them the idea of the emotion behind everything. And they essentially just said, all you need to do is support that voice and it will be, it will be amazing and beautiful. And that's exactly what they did. Oh, she- right. They just added to it. They didn't to take anything away. All of these dancers in the background that are demonstrating the life that she would have gone through coming to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why Olga Meredith is the only returning original Broadway cast member because I don't think there could, I, I don't know who they would have there that would fit that. Like she was, she's perfect. Like just bang on. Ah, oh, yeah. Bang mm-hmm. on. And 
I hope she gets recognized for this because I think she got a Tony nomination for this role, but hopefully she gets a Oscar nomination because, oh, she's so good. Uh, <laughs> it's funny when we're watching this movie with Kat and uh, the fireworks sequence happens and then uh, Paciency face starts. She's like, oh, no, this is the sad part. <laughs> like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um <laughs> Let's move off. Uh, oh no, we can't talk. We can't move off of this relationship, um, Usnavi's relationships, without talking about Vanessa. Um, she in the musical always dreamed about going away, like getting out of this this section of New York that she had always grown up in, and I think that's pretty, you know, relatable for everyone who doesn't want to stay in their yeah. same hometown. Um, in in this one, she in the movie they have her become also a designer which is actually pretty cool like it gives her a little more oomph to go downtown um and there's a little bit more of a of a heart pull at the end when you find out that she's pulling a lot of her cultural heritage in her designs and decides to stay in washington heights mm-hmm. what do you think of vanessa vanessa i really liked her i liked her dreams and what she wanted to aspire to do um and her drive to get down there and the way she came about realizing that she couldn't live downtown well like that she moved downtown but she wanted to move downtown but the opportunities kept on getting pulled away from her and then when she did she didn't wasn't able to design anything or sew anything because she had lost her community and her inspiration Mm -hmm. right and so that's what brought her back Oh, uh, yeah, it's good. Um, her chemistry with, uh, what's her name? Melissa Barrera, right? Is the actress who played um, Vanessa? Yeah, Melissa Barrera and Anthony Ramos have phenomenal chemistry. Uh, the first time they meet, uh, <laughs> which is also our eldest daughter's favorite <laughs> line, the no, 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 no. Um favorite you ask her what song she wants it's that and uh, the part you get (laughs) and it's this little tiny part in the first song (laughs) and um but like seeing (laughs) seeing anthony ramos sort of stumble over his words and just like fumble it's so cute and uh, yeah it's it i love their chemistry it's so good they have great great chemistry there was also another um, they so they for films like this they do they often do chemistry readings right to make sure actors right. that makes sense um, <laughs> actors work well together. together and Leslie Grace who plays Nina and oh man I I lost my Corey Hawkins who plays Benny were actually they didn't know that they were they knew they were going to a chemistry reading but they didn't know that they were like playing off each other mm-hmm. well, as they were walking to the building they sort of met at the door. And sort of fumbled with the door, you know, you know, one person tried to open the other and then they wrote up the elevator and it was so awkward and a lovely. This is what um, Corey Hawkins was saying that they knew that the chemistry was real from the moment they met. And uh, it's such a lovely story to hear. them like, man, I can't wait till the Blu-ray comes out for this because I cannot wait to see the behind the scenes stuff. Everything that they like just hearing how much of a family like. The, the the one thing I love about doing theater and musical theater is that for a short period of time and a very intense short period of time, you become a family pretty quickly, like your cast, your crew, and your, your, your musicians. Don't forget the pit. They were the last one <laughs> that I going to put in. I was going to say either, I wasn't sure if I wanted to say pit or musicians, so I said musicians, because um, they're not always in a pit. Sometimes they're on stage. and uh, true. Like, it's it's such a whirlwind of emotions. Like you really feel like you are a family for that time. Even afterwards, like there's still people that I haven't seen in years from musicals that I would still like love to see. Like I talked to people in England that were part of MMT. I was just like, yeah. I mean, we had a reunion not that long ago and not before the virus, before the virus. Oh, sorry. Um, before the virus and it was like we no all time just kind passed. of like we, fell we, back we, into things <laughs> which is weird especially when we had kids like running around the whole yeah <laughs> so it would be children. us farting around and then occasionally yelling at our kids to not hurt yeah. themselves yeah um yeah um 
But uh, going back to Nina and Benny, this is probably one of my favorite relationships. I love the way they supported each other in this film. And in the musical, like the, the relationship was new and Mr. Rosario didn't really, there was this weird cultural, uh, I don't want to say racial, racial, but it was sort of racial where um, Mr. Rosario didn't think Benny was worth like going out with his yeah. daughter, which, you know, as a, <laughs> as as a, a dad, uh, I girls. understand. Yeah, I understand. But like, I love that there was this friendship between him and Mr. Rosario, like Benny and Mr. Rosario in this one, um, because he had been working there so long and sort of like his right hand man. And then he had this relationship with Nina earlier. So he always, he sort of felt like family to them already. He did, yeah. And he went in with the firework or I don't know, the blackout. The blackout. Blackout, he, blackout. He went in out. and got the taxi company up and working and running mm-hmm. um, all but by himself. That's not, in the, that's not in the musical. So he actually well, goes off with the. Uh, oh, Nina. goes off with Nina? Yeah. Oh. Then, well, that makes it so much better. Yeah, exactly. They you did know? some really good changes in this mo- in this movie, and I, I love it. This is a high bar set. Like, I remember when I saw Moulin Rouge back in like 2001. I think it was 2001. I was like, ooh, this is what musicals should be, and they sort of went that way for a little bit. Um, like we had Chicago and stuff, and then. Yeah, no, this is this is pretty much the high bar. This is, for, this is a very high bar. Which, you know, West Side Story this year. Ooh. Hopefully, we'll see. Tick, tick, boom, when's that one? That's also this year. Oh, my God. This Also this directed by Lin-Manuel. Yeah, All, not also. It, or sorry, it's, it is it directed. directed by Lin-Manuel. Yes. Let's go back to Nina and Ben. <laughs> because um, <laughs> We're not doing a very good job of staying Yeah, we're sort of all over the place. But um, what do you think about her storyline, um, about her dropping out of college, like, they actually removed the whole mother of this of in the musical, which, you know, is fine. Yeah. Cause then the struggle of Mr. Rosario trying to keep her in school, like keeping the money in the business mm-hmm. uh, felt a little bit more um, dire. I want to yeah. say dire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was until you showed us one of the songs today from the actual <laughs> musical that I was like, Oh, she has a mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that did be a change. It's true. Um, <laughs> Um, it was heartbreaking. The mm. reason why Nina, or at least in the movie version, why she why she why dropped, she dropped out. out. So for... she dropped out because when I guess we didn't talk about it. Uh, so she moved out to Stanford. Stanford, yeah. And when she got there, she ended up getting searched because of her Latina background. Her her white roommate thought that lost uh, they lost her. She lost her pearl necklace. Her necklace. I don't want to say pearl necklace. It might be a pearl necklace. I don't remember. But um, they ended up searching her because obviously she was white, wasn't white. Yeah. And yeah. And then she talks about how she was at this ethnic or cultural dinner with the dean and all the servers were Latina as well. And she was yeah. the only. She was the only guest. Yeah. It's yeah, I, it. I, I sort of understand. Right. Being the only Asian person anywhere I go. Anywhere. I'm sorry. It it yeah. It's okay. Um, but yeah, like it it was weird. Like when I went to university, I'm trying to think of like my floor was pretty much mostly white. I think it was all white. Okay. <laughs> to be fair. There were a couple Asian people in in, in Witten, but I don't know. I, I I I grew up in a in an Italian neighborhood as well, so I'm used to not being around people of my heritage although um when i was in niagara falls so i had moved to st Catharines when i was 10 when before then you know all my my parents all their friends are in niagara falls right yeah so i would sort of like in washington heights where you'd have like this community of, yeah. of people of your background we had that in niagara falls so it i'd go over to my tito or titas which my aunt or uncle which are really just my my parents friends like I'd go over there or go wherever with yeah. them, and we, you know, there'd occasionally be kids. Most of them are older, so you know. But it, but it would always be like we we would go amongst those houses. That's what a lot of this uh, reminds me of. But we'll talk about that when we get to um, representation, representation, I guess. Um, 
back to the college thing. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, I don't know. It 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 it, it hurt a lot to, to feel that way. But I because I understand how she would feel. Yeah. Um, I'd never been searched, which is which is great. I have been. I don't want to say profiled, but I have been followed in stories a lot. Yeah. You know, because I wear. I- khakis and and blue jeans no. and, and golf shirts obviously which makes me but like even since we've been married yeah and with children like mm-hmm. you know it also breaks my heart hearing the stories that you have yeah because it, it's not been like it's gone away it's just sort of no. been a constant thing no and worries me for the future yeah. And then what our children will experience as well. Well, yeah, but as long as we just teach them or at least give them the, the tools to handle it. I don't, I don't know if I ever handled it properly. I just sort of sort of learn. I Like, you lose that little bit of innocence whenever it happens. I think I was 10 when I had my first racist uh, thing. Probably 10, maybe younger. I don't know. Uh, but we can talk about that off mic. <laughs> Depress me here. Um, we talked about the Paragas, uh, changing neighborhood. Um, I love, I loved, I loved the representation. There had, there has been some, some, I want to say, controversy about the colorism criticism? and the colorism in this. Uh, yeah. In this show, I said criticism. Yeah, criticism. Um, in this not show, in this movie. Um, Washington Heights is a very Latinx, uh, you know, community, but there's also Afro Latinos as well. So there are a lot of darker skinned Latinos in that neighborhood, which weren't really represented in the film. So a lot of the, not a lot, there were a number of reporters that were asking Lynn, you know, yeah. what up with this? Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, he didn't like shoot it down or anything. But he was he was definitely very um he, he was very open to listen to their criticisms and he, he said that, you know, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying and we're learning. And all he can do really is is um, you know, try better next time. Mm-hmm. Which is a great thing to say. And I remember watching uh I can't remember which late night show or some some talk show i'm pretty sure i was talking oh it was uh trevor noah trevor noah was talking to lynn about this whole thing and one of his writers said you know what they're not these reporters aren't angry or no one's angry at lynn for this but they know that if there was anyone that would do anything about this in the future it would be lynn manuel miranda absolutely which is you know when i heard that i was like oh my god don't cry at youtube right now (laughs) Don't cry, Trevor Noah. This is not a thing that we need to happen. Um, yeah, what do you think of that? Um, his his response to being, I being the it... whitest person in this room, <laughs> including the paper. Um, I think it's the best response that you can come up with. He can't change what is being presented in the movie. Mm-hmm. But he can only move forward and do better going forward. Yeah, for sure. And that, you know, he's taken everybody's notes and criticisms. And I think if the opportunity arises for him to do another show that would involve a greater cultural representation. I think he, he, tries he would do it to again. Do, yeah. Like Moana was such a good, like a good represent like I know he just did the music. Mm-hmm. But it was a good representation of the the um oh my god. Polynesian Polynesian people. Like I'm trying to think I was like, what are the people that are sort of connected to the Filipinos but not really but sort of? Polynesian. I had I watched this uh did I tell you about this documentary about Asia? Or no it wasn't a documentary. It was um last week tonight where they talked about how Asia was a catch all term. I feel like I've I'm gonna, I'll show it to I you want later. to see it, but I didn't quite get it all. It's really good. If you guys haven't seen it, it was like last week tonight, a couple weeks ago. Um, we'll talk about that, I guess, on what's good next week. Um, let's see what else. Representation is such an important thing in this movie. And um, I think for me, 
what really hit it at home is whenever we watch a movie with our kids and we watch a lot of movies with our kids. We do. But when they love it. But when I get to hear my daughter say, Hey, she looks like me mm-hmm. or Ooh, mommy, we have the same hair. And like, yeah. it's not something you hear often. No. And it's something that really like we heard it with Raya. We heard it with this movie. Did we hear it with Moana? She was too little when too we little. Watched, when when we watched the, the first movie. time we heard it was um, on Sesame Street, and there was a black ballerina. Yes, that American black ballerina. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, we we have the same skin." I think she's what she said. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, but that I think that's what. I don't know if that hit me a little bit more. Like I love this musical. Like I've loved it since. 2008 or mm-hmm. 7 I don't remember when I first heard it but um yeah having her say that and there's a reason why she listens to it every day mm-hmm. I, I think the the representation of music like um Filipino people are well obviously they, they were a Spanish colony so a lot of the the Spanish flavor of music is something she doesn't really get to hear often no Especially since we listen to musicals a lot, like pop musicals. <laughs> but um, pretty much recently, it's been um, just in the Heights. Like she'll put it on or princesses and I'll be very much happier when she plays in the Heights. <laughs> but um, to see her like really relate with this is something really yeah. cool. And it really demonstrates the importance of it. Yeah. The importance of representation. Right? Uh, I, I even at such a young age. Yeah, I didn't have any of this when I was younger. I don't remember seeing an Asian person on TV. Like, I literally can't think of an Asian person on TV in the 80s or 90s. Was there an Asian person? Like, Kung Fu had Asian people, but David Carradine, who was the main character, was white. <laughs> so oh. it was very confusing mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, um. yeah, it's such a... It's such an important, I think this is an important film for um, our our family and, and for a lot of different families of various cultural backgrounds. Um, there's a, there's an awesome story about Jimmy Smith who plays Mr. Rosario in the film. When he saw this musical back in the late 2000s, he really, really wanted to be a part of the show. Like he had, he had no idea what to do, like what they could have done. Like the show was already out. Um, and he's like, I just, I want to help you guys. Let me record the promos for you. So he did all the promos in New York. He did all the commercial, like the voiceover commercials and all that stuff because he had never seen his people represented so honestly on screen. Like mm-hmm. normally when you see people of ethnic backgrounds, you assume that they're going to be some sort of stereotype. And when yep. Lynn was shopping this, this around, like on Broadway, they're like, why aren't there any gangs? Or why is there no drug use and stuff like that? And he's like, you know what? That's not the normal thing in yeah. these neighborhoods. Um, and yeah, Jimmy Smith was like, you know, this is this is what it feels like to grow up here and grow grow up in that type of community. And the, he ended up recording all the promos, like I said. And Lynn was like, okay, let me pay you, obviously, because mm-hmm. Lynn, you know, wants to help out everyone who helps him. And he's like, no, <laughs> Jimmy Smith's like, no, just give me tickets to the show, and I'll be happy. Which was uh, such an amazing. That's such an amazing. I'm glad they brought him on, onto this um, movie because he's. And a, then it comes full circle where he's now a big part of it. Exactly, and such a good role. And like a good job too. The his his character, Mister Rosario. I love I love the changes. I I love that they took out those small racist overtones, even though they might not have, like it might not have been that in the show. It still felt like that, at least when I watched it. Um, and. Man, just seeing his pain in, you know, trying to provide for his and family. wanting more for his children. Yeah. Exactly, more right. than what he had. And yeah, how he didn't have an education and all. Oh man, yeah, so good. And having to work, I can only imagine how hard he had to work to get where he. Yeah. Was well, you know, he kept on changing that story every time he told it, <laughs> which was one of the things. Um, and he, um, so we talked about most of the themes. Are there any themes that I I missed out on? We talked about community, family. Uh, Lynn's family was in this movie. 
like his yeah. parents are in um, Nina's song at the beginning. His wife is at the ending. And um, her parents? I think her dad. Oh, was it, was it Lynn's parents? Lynn's parents were in, in Nina's uh, first song. Um, I think her dad is beside her in the in the finale. I, I, I got to rewatch it. Um, but then he also brought back so much of the original Broadway cast to just be in the last number, which is just mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. And the carnival scene is filmed um, near his wife's grandmother's. Like that's the same courtyard. One of the buildings in the background mm-hmm. is where his wife's grandmother lives. Like that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fact that he... Like they would talk about how they used to live around there and stuff uh, in the filming. It's it's so good. Um, I love that they brought back um, the original cast members. Uh, one of the cast members, the original Broadway cast members, passed away just last year from cancer, mm-hmm. and she actually has a little solo in Nina's song. Um, so they got to show her this like before she passed, and it's such a beautiful little. Um, mm-hmm. Let me, let, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Are you gonna make me cry? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make you cry. Oh. Uh, Doreen Montaval- Montalvo. Yeah, she died at 56, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, but she got to see her part. Like she got to see herself. Okay, on screen, that's which good. Was nice. That's always. And she nice. was watching it with um the original Broadway cast. Oh. Like they had watched it together. That sequence. Um, do you have any favorite scenes that we didn't talk about? There's so many. I can just talk about the whole thing. Um, I think the first song is probably my favorite and in captured. Yeah, in the Heights. And the whole idea, uh, Usnavi says the street were made of music mm-hmm. and how the sounds of the streets literally became the beat of the song. Yeah. The, and just the drew you in the, yeah. the broom. Yep. You know, people banging on. It introduces and, everyone perfectly. Yeah. You know who I didn't and, mention earlier in the cast? Daphne Rubin Vega. Yes, you did not. Wow. How did I miss that? The regional <laughs> Mimi playing Carla in this. She apparently also had a role. She was some kind of voice in the Broadway, on Broadway. Mm. I don't know. Wow. I looked up a whole bunch of random facts. <laughs> I don't actually know how many of them are true. I really hope they're all true. Well, let's um, just say they're all true. <laughs> but she had a some kind of vo- recorded voice for the Broadway mm, version. Interesting. But she was so good. She was so good. Um, Loved it. Uh, the Carnival de Barrio is one of my favorite uh, sequences in the film. Um, there's a little small... We had watched a, a documentary on the... Not a documentary. Small, a short video on the choreography. And they were talking about how they... because. Washington Heights isn't just the Dominican Republic. Like, it's just not people from there. There's Cuba and Ecuador and all these yeah. other different places. They wanted to bring the different dancing, Mexico. They wanted to bring Columbia. the different, Colombia, the different dancing styles to that song. And you can see, like, them break into each of the different uh, cultural dances and they have flags waving. Oh my yeah. God, it's so good. Representation's awesome. Um, um, I love the first number as well. In the Heights was such a good number. I love Usnavi looking out of his window. You know, that window CGI, right? That's not really Damn there. It. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't film a camera panning in while people are dancing. They had to no, add that in afterwards. I just thought it was actually like the images were just put on top of each other. That's kind of what I thought it was. Yeah, so they filmed the dance and they filmed him. They, ch- they filmed yeah. him standing there in this open area. Then they put the glass in front, like in CG, but and then it, they put the... It's him looking out of a window while all of these people are... Dancing? Dancing in the middle of the street. Yeah. And it just kind of shows the life of this community. Oh, it does. I, I love, like, the first time you see, you hear the ensemble is when you see people just waking up in the neighborhood. Yeah. And it's all just random people and how music is... Man, like music is such an important part of like Filipino people's background. Like mm-hmm. we love to eat and we love to we love music, obviously. But like I can see where the Spanish uh influences yes, there. Like cause, absolutely. Because music is such an important part of all of that. Oh. 
and <sighs> dance. Like your family loves to dance. We love going. We love to party. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we love yes. to dance. I miss dancing. I love doing that. Oh. But um, what other good ones? Oh, I'm all of them, man. Like all of the songs are good. <laughs> um. No, no, no. I mean, ninety-six thousand is always obviously great. Random facts about ninety-six thousand. Do it. Um. It actually, all the extras are actually residents of Washington Heights. That's cool. So it is their big community pool <clears throat> is where it's filmed in. Um, and they said, um, and so that's why your dancers are not always totally lined up and the costumes are not always matchy matchy because they have residents. They're just random people. Random people. Um, but I didn't actually didn't notice any of the either I of those things. I think they also had dancers there. Obviously. Yeah, they, they would have had, had to. Yeah, they would have yeah. had to do the choreography and train them. But they had six hundred to seven hundred extras yep. in that scene alone. That makes sense. We should have just went up there when we were there in New York, because <laughs> then we could have been there. We could have been standing in the back just watching. Um, and then the logistics of this scene. They, of course, had to have lifeguards Yep, because you don't want anybody drowning <laughs> while everybody while else is swimming. splashing yeah. and dancing and creating purposeful splashes. You don't want to have Purpose- somebody <laughs> lost. Purposeful splashes, yes. You don't want to have somebody lost, getting lost and it's drowning true. in the middle. Because people are diving and stuff in it. Yeah. 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 The one thing I would never have thought of is the dry towels, the number of dry towels that they would have needed to provide. Oh, yeah. And it was not just like one per person because they would film and get out and dry off. Yeah. Because they didn't want people to get hypo- uh, hypo- hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want that to happen. Yeah, that so makes they sense. Because they'd have so many towels. They'd have to do multiple takes, right? And yeah. from different angles. And yeah. what if a take didn't work? Oh my God, that would be like billions of towels. And um, it rained every 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, no. So they definitely didn't film this when we were in New York because it didn't rain when we were there. No, it didn't at all. Oh my God. It's incredible. Yes. Um, Other good songs. Oh my God. I mean, the whole thing. Carnival was filmed on the hottest day of the year or something like that. And they had Which a Which probably helped them. It's true. Because that was it's the point. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Uh, the finale. Um, I love the finale. Like adding the whole daughter aspect and showing that the, that his uh, Suanito is actually his shop. Yeah. And the beach was the mural that was painted. Um, seeing the whole, them all, you know, playing in the streets and the water and the communities all there together. The original Broadway cast is there. Javier's there smiling, his giant smile. Um, you know, Javier from, yeah, you know, uh, from Hamilton and in the Heights. Um, I don't know that, that scene that is, it's like a perfect ending for this. Yeah. Like we live we, on a really boring street. We do. No one talks to each other. <laughs> we kind of talk to people, we but We talk not- to our neighbor and we say hi. <laughs> we talk to our neighbor across the street and say hi. Yeah. We don't know them. No. No one knows no. each other, I don't think. Also, it's pandemic, so we can't really talk to anyone. You know, there's that whole thing. We talk over the fence. <laughs> like uh like in a that thing. Oh. We talked about um Paciencia Fe, which is phenomenal. Uh Kat really likes blackout because she likes the fireworks yes. sequence. Um Oh, the dancer that you see there is the choreographer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy at the at the at the front of the dance club. Yeah. Uh I loved I love the piragua sequences. <laughs> like in the musical, I I thought they were fine. Like it was fun, but seeing Lynn do it and seeing Chris Jackson there yeah. just made it better. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, they have such a good friendship outside of the like outside of any show or musical that they do. It's true. Um, no Mediga in the hair salon with the mannequin heads is so good. Like that, the choreography there is so good. I love choreography and the mad respect to choreographers. They had three, I think three or four on this for just the different styles of dance. And Oh man, they did so good. Like carnival. We talked about, Ooh, when the sun goes down, is Ooh. one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Ooh. With the with the rotating state uh set. Yes. <sighs> so this song takes place on the side of a building. <laughs> the kid that sees them through the window. <laughs> Adorable. 
but it's a rotating building. Yeah. So they actually dance on the walls. On the walls of the of the outside of the building. Yeah. And it's set during a sunset. Uh, you can see the Washington Bridge in the background. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Just very well done. <sighs> I like when you think of like how in musicals people say that songs happen because they've reached an emotional high where they can't talk about their emotions anymore. They have to sing it. That's what musicals are. Yeah. Um, this is the perfect example of that. So if I ever have to teach another class about musical <laughs> theater, I'm going to bring this scene up and how their love for each other manifests into this beautiful dance sequence. Like it's, it's perfect. Like it felt so real. And then seeing these two and magical and magical, it felt magical. Yes. I don't know if I I felt like that in a musical before. Like I've seen maybe uh, the Elephant Love medley from um from Moulin Rouge, but I don't think it's the that different I, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But it felt yeah. like that fantastical type yeah. thing, and it sort of just kept on surprising you and surprising you. Like when the when the I wish I didn't see the trailers because you see them dancing for like a split second. But when it finally happens, you're just like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. Just beautiful. I don't know if they can. Apparently that like also that was part of what's the director's name again? John M. Chu. John M. Chu. Sort of his vision. All of his scenes for Benny and Nina, he tried to do make them cinematic magic. Oh, yeah. So that was a very direct, I don't know the word, directorial decision. It was mm-hmm. a very deliberate decision. There we go. Um, but then Usnavi and Vanessa, they were all one shots. So oh. those long. I'm going to have to rewatch this. It's and, true. Like there, there's yeah. something very cinematic about Nina and Benny's story. It felt like old school romantic. Like when you're home, when they're going through the, they're just walking down the, the different uh like the basketball court and and the the walkways like it it they're sort of like going with them on this adventure the one shots make it more for Nina and Benny and not Benny um Usnavi so i or Usnavi and Vanessa Vanessa oh my god i'm just <laughs> i'm tired man um we've recorded for like an hour um but i think i want to say that whole last scene in Abuela's, um, or not the last scene, but the scene in a, um, Abuela's apartment mm-hmm. uh, when he finds the ticket the, and she shows up, that that's a whole one shot. Yeah. Was it? They didn't cut? A lot. Or once she enters, I think it's a one shot. Hmm, maybe. That, that, um, that uh, scene where he sees the ticket for the first time, that was a improvised scene. Oh yeah, so they they just told him to go with what he felt mm-hmm. in that moment, and that's what it was, which feels that's good. That's lovely. I loved it. Yeah, oh, man, this movie's so good. Yeah. Um, I don't think if we go in through all the songs, we're just gonna say all the songs are our favorite because they're, just... they're all really good. Um, so overall thoughts on the film? Excellent. Excellent film. I think. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if there's a better musical uh, on film. Film? I don't think there is. Even Hamilton. I think this is better than Hamilton. Hamilton was different. Hamilton's it's a stage, stage show. Yeah, It's the stage show, just film. It would be like comparing <laughs> Into the Woods from the 80s with the original Broadway cast and then the Disney version of Into the Woods. Right? I guess you're... I yeah. Get, I, get, I get your point. Yeah, they're not... But if there was one musical I would show someone, it would be this one. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of another musical that I would show, even a stage version. I think I would show this over most things, because we have a stage recording of the, the 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 last Broadway cast of Rent. We have yeah. Hamilton now. Hamilton's a beautiful show. Don't get me wrong, but In the Heights has always been my favorite out of the two. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I just I, I've known it longer. But there was a good belonging. That yeah, I felt it. It feels more like something that I would, you know, be part of. Um, yeah, Hamilton though we had a good like three years where we just listened to that forever and ever and ever and ever. 
Yes. Yes. You had no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I I think this movie's wonderful. I would if I had to give it a rating. I, I don't necessarily like giving ratings. This would be a perfect movie. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I can't mm. think of anything that's wrong with no. it. No. No. Even the colorism, no. like the that critique, is like it's not really a critique. <laughs> At least for me, I don't. Mm. No. No. Again, <laughs> I yeah. Okay, what <laughs> age range would you recommend this film to? Is I mean, there an age that you wouldn't recommend it to? I mean, our two-year-old watched it. She's fine with it. <laughs> she didn't necessarily watch the whole thing, but she's watched the whole thing now, though. Probably. We've watched it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she loves it. Like the music is so. It has almost gotten her dancing too. Yeah, she dances a lot more now. She does. She's sort of doing that salsa dancing, sort of like Cat does. Yeah. Right. It's so. It's, it's so, so adorable. cute to see her want to dance. Yeah. No. Now, and I feel like it was a large part. Mm-hmm. Now that I actually think about it, since we watched this movie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's it's. I don't know. It just seems like. I don't I don't see any other like ways we could show them different styles of mm-hmm. music and dance without them being like, oh, this is just a music video and then they get bored with it. Yeah. Right. At least yeah. this has a story that I think or at least Kat got invested. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Good times. I like this movie. Let's watch it tomorrow. No. I'm sure we'll <laughs> be really watching watch part it. of it. We'll watch at least one song. Or listen to it. Yes. We'll listen Without to it. Without a doubt. <laughs> I'm just going to put on the karaoke it. version and then me and Kat can sing through the whole thing. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to? You have a bunch of notes there. Is there anything that we, we missed that you want to you know, drop in this? <laughs> um, um, I'm getting, he's pointing at the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's that Lynn didn't actually make good piraguas. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's a fun yeah. little tidbit. Um, I I just assumed they were snow cones. I've never had a piragua, so I don't know. I assume. Oh, I think just... it was that he wasn't good at shaving the ice. Oh, that that was the problem. See, that's when you need a hollow hollow uh, ice <laughs> thing like we have in our household. An ice shaver. An ice shaver. <laughs> but they just have like big blocks of ice and then like a razor. Yeah. Or so like he, some sort he of special. He wasn't very good at that, but he knocked over the cart a couple times. That sounds like something Lynn would do. Um, and then when he caught the syrup, that was genuine excitement because that was the only take where he caught the syrup. <laughs> I would worry that he would hit a child with the bottle. <laughs> right there, he was there, all right there, man. Yeah. Oh, I loved having a post credit of that. That was a good. Mm-hmm. That was a good post credit. It was good. Um, I, that's the only other one I have. Oh yeah. Um, there there were a number of other things like they did lyrical changes that I thought were cool. They they took Trump out because it's better to just take him out of a musical. Yeah. Um, they had, uh they they took out a slightly racist joke. Um, the uh, got more hose than a. Uh, phone book, a Japanese phone book or something like that, Ooh. which was taken out and they replaced Ooh. it with uh, I got more flows than Obi-Wan Kenobio, which is much better because <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> makes everything better. Um, but the, like those two lines were pretty much they're in 96,000 and they're right at the beginning. And there, there are a couple other lyrical changes for story reasons. Uh, Carnival de Barrio doesn't mention that he has the money and he's using that money to go away, right? Because he doesn't know he has the money at that point. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Um, most yeah. of the other stuff. They, they've cut out a number of songs. Obviously, I said that earlier. Um, but there are a number of uh, backing tracks, like just the instrumental music that plays over some of the characters. So Mr. Rosario has a song in the, in the show that talks about him growing up. And the music is actually played near the end when he's talking to Nina. Um, when... She finally says that she's going back to school. Mm-hmm. So having that there sort of, at least for me, um, undertones that with some, a little more gravitas. Yep. 
Um, any other things? No. No. I'm good. No. You're sitting there, you're like, I'm too pregnant to stay awake. And <laughs> oh, I'm still so wide awake. I'm not. Yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, after all the the trouble setting all of this podcasting stuff in their basement, it actually turned out all right. All right. It's all right. We'll see. I have to edit this now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good having you on. We will have well, you on again. Thank you for having me and for choosing something that I could maybe actually talk about. <laughs> well, you talked about In the Heights, not In the Heights, uh, Just Dance Very Well. That's because we were playing it. That's because we played games. it, yeah. Next, we'll talk about uh, the second season of Babies on Netflix. No, we're not. There's a second season? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I guess I watched that show more. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, Meg, for coming on. Um, I will see you later because we live in the same house yeah yeah <laughs> um and Sounds thank you good. all out there for listening it, i guess there's nowhere people can find you online because you're not online not really no no not no me. no so that's cool you want to find her you can find her through me <laughs> all that stuff is in the post credits <laughs> uh thanks meg again for coming on thank you out you're there welcome. for coming and listening there is no um D this week we will be back in another week. And then I think our next main episode is going to be about, um, I don't want to call it a lady spies episode, a spy ladies episode, but it's more about women taking, kicking ass, I think is what okay. we're calling. Sounds like, good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about, uh, because Black Widow is going to be out. So we're going to talk about a, a bunch of women kicking <laughs> ass movies. It's that gonna sounds be fun. interesting. It's it's a it's a good list. Steve culture did. So yeah, anyway, thank you for coming. Thank you, Meg, for coming. You're welcome. We shall talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.